This podcast may contain strong language and adult chats. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to the Generation Why Though podcast, where we ask why we are who we are, why we make our life choices, what's going on in the world? No, really, what's going on in the world? <laughs> and? And? Oh, that's what's on my bit. And why aren't we ready for any of it? And tell me, why aren't we ready for any of it? I can't deal with this. We are three best friends who don't know the intro of our podcast, Living in Isolation, asking why Generation Y do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> we made it through. We made, we made it, through. it through. Hi, guys. How are we? For those who may have copied it, even though I've heard the sound quality of this is really, really good, I am not in the room that I'm usually in with the lads. Oh, my God. Everyone's doing the NHS clap. It's eight o'clock. I can hear everybody outside doing it. Oh do we God, just do it? Well, we just clap. Let's just clap. We'll clap. We'll clap. Gently. Yay! We're so Thank happy. Thank you, NHS. Thank you, our health service workers. Yeah, for Thank real. You. Thank you so much. Hold on. I want to just like look at my window. Can you give me one sec? Give me one sec. Okay. Yo! I absolutely love that. That was so cute. That's amazing. That is amazing. You can hear people in the background doing it for you. That's so nice. Um, all right, guys. Just to clarify, we are recording on Thursday, the 26th of March, where there was a clap for all of the NHS frontline workers. We posted on our social today to join in with us, which you will be doing a few days later. But that was so nice. It was so cute. It was still going out there. Really I just saw a silent partner sending a message saying that everyone on his road has opened their windows and is clapping for the NHS. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. Very Solidarity cute. to our um, very, very key workers on the front line. Thank you so much for everything you are doing. And I think that's the perfect way to say we are working, we are doing our social distancing today yeah. as we podcast. Uh, John and I are obviously, we're in the room, we're here at the venue where we normally record the podcast, our flat, because we live together. And yes. Nikki is calling in, she's dialing in. I am, I'm dialing in remotely. God, that is such a buzzword right now. I'm dialing in remotely um, because I'm social distancing. Um, and actually, we may have a potential coronavirus sitch in our house. So we'll talk about that a little bit <gasps> later. I know, fucking breaking news, coronavirus has hit Hackney. Um, As uh, Cardi B would say. Uh, coronavirus coronavirus <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> wow john that was amazing um yeah so i'm dining in remotely obviously it's the best thing to do anyways because you all have to social distance even if people have not been listening to that as of late um so let's do a quick how's your week and then we can get stuck in because this is going to be a long one today guys mm, definitely. yeah so how have you been getting on what has your week looked like thus far so I am a person that's considered a key worker as a teacher. Yeah. So it's been a strange week. They expected the schools to close last week. They expected the announcement to be made last week for Monday. But the announcement was the schools will close to the majority of children, but not to children of key workers. Mm-hmm. So all schools in the country were still open. So it was it was quite strange, you know, going into work and only having a handful of children in the entire school. But it must have been so weird. It was very, very strange, especially like from like the age of like three all the way up to age 11. There's only a handful of children. That's so crazy. So number wise, 
How many do you have in your class and how many have been in like this week? So it was about 560 children in the school in total and there was 42 on the list. Oh my God. Yeah, I know, but the local authority has sent an email through on Monday morning, very early Monday morning, saying there's new advice coming through. Um, It has to be two metres apart at all times. You try your very best to reduce your numbers. So we have to reduce the numbers drastically down to like 16, 17. Even the kids have to be two metres apart. Even the children have to be two metres apart. I I had to be two metres away from the children. The children had to be two metres away from each other. They couldn't sit near each other during lunch. They couldn't go near each other outside. It's wow. been a very weird time. So I was only in work one day this week because obviously skeletal staff, it's on a roll. So we can't have the same people in every day for health and safety. Um, the rest of the week, I've been working from home. It's very weird working from just a laptop constantly or a computer constantly. I'm so used to being on my feet or having children poking me in the arm saying that <laughs> they hurt themselves or need to go to the toilet. Um, I don't know if I like working um without everything interrupted <laughs> you should just get connor to ask you if he can go for piss every time he needs to and then like like it will just like completely <laughs> restore normalcy for you i thought he'd be really annoying but he's actually been pretty fine i've been the annoying one. <laughs> oh my god you've been so fucking annoying <laughs> to be fair my job feels the exact same my week is very fine i guess like my so i work in marketing and we are an agency and all of our clients are like all over the world so you we work in marketing I know. Right? You work it's in marketing. Like Wait, have you been to New York? Oh my god, stop! <laughs> <laughs> but my working week has been the exact same, just working from home. Like yeah. we don't technically need to be in an office. So the last two weeks, I've worked from home um, and just do like meetings with guys on like Hangouts and Zoom and Skype and stuff. And it's been fine for me. It's a little bit stir crazy, but um, I think this weekend will be when it kind of hits home that I'm not seeing people are partying or drinking or doing stuff on the weekends. So, yeah, I think the weekends will definitely be when we feel it the most. Like I've been the same as you, Connor, in that I've just been doing my working hours just like downstairs has been my office as opposed to the one I usually go to. It's been nice that I'm I have a job that I can just work from home and like I'm not affected at all thankfully but yeah this weekend is going to be mad when like I don't have the routine where I ha- I was I've effectively been busy every single day and only really had the evenings but this weekend it's like okay I have all this time and I can't leave the house like what the fuck do we do which is really really weird yeah. so this episode is going to look a little different as planned uh basically the plan was to have a therapist on who is working for the NHS who would help us through um guiding our anxiety around the coronavirus um, and give us tips and tricks as to how to sort of maintain our mental health whilst we're living in isolation, the dangers of isolation um, and the problems it might pose for those who are already isolated and who have very little contact with people already and who no longer have contact with people and just just how this can affect us mentally. Um, I was speaking to this person back and forth for the past five weeks. We really wanted to get an episode in and unfortunately we were supposed to record last Sunday and last minute um they said they weren't comfortable going through with it I completely respect their decision and that's completely their prerogative they are NHS employed staff so they do work for the NHS they are very wary as to the advice they want to give um, and they also want to protect their own current patients um I'm a little disappointed obviously we all are because we really want to get this person on the podcast and because we've been going back and forth this for a long time but I completely respect their decision not to come on so we are just going to sort of chat about it as best as we can and share our own stories this person did thankfully provide us with some links that would be helpful for advice for anxiety and um how to keep sane in isolation so we'll talk about that a little bit later on the pod but yeah just to let you all know that 
uh, this is not going to be as planned, unfortunately. But we're just as good, right? We're just as good. We're better than just as good. Thank you very much. Thank so you. yeah, just as Nikki said, we don't have the professional NHS worker in, but um, in lieu of that, the three of us are going to just talk about the whole virus and coronavirus, how people are talking about it, dealing with it from our own experiences, from our families and friends in England and Ireland and around the world. Um, kind of dispel some of the rumors of what people are saying, some of those messages going around, all Definitely. that kind of stuff. And just kind of talk about what we've been experiencing as we go through it and the kind of ways that we've figured out that kind of help us through the anxiety and the craziness. Yeah, for sure. Do we know what coronavirus actually is? So the only knowledge I have of coronavirus is that coronavirus is like a generic word for this fluish kind of illness, right? Mm-hmm. So is that why it's like COVID-19? And there probably was a COVID-15, 16 and 17 because they're all different strains, I guess, and some technical. Nick, you're the scientist. You tell us. Okay, so what is COVID-19, guys? John, do you know what it is before we start? It's a virus? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Somebody's been doing their homework. Okay, so COVID-19 is a severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2. So that's the full name for it. Its abbreviation is SARS-CoV-2. That is the name given to the 2019 novel coronavirus. So Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is the name given to the disease associated with the virus. SARS-CoV-2 is a new strain of coronavirus that has not been previously identified in humans. So this is what we're dealing with now. Viruses exist in hosts. They can only survive when they are replicating inside host cells. So a virus on its own is considered not living because it can't actually replicate without the aid of a host cell. So it has to attach to a host cell and then replicate inside that. Um, yeah. I learned this when I was in school. So you have to have the seven to be alive, you have to have the seven life processes. Yeah. And one of those seven is reproduction. Yes. Correct. So if you cannot reproduce, then you're considered then you if you can't reproduce, which is which is one of the seven life processes, you are not considered a living thing. Yes. Yes. So you often well, hear viruses are called non living things. This just feels like secondary school biology class, like all over again. It's ridiculous. The virus is transmitted mainly by droplets of moisture. So these are droplets that we breathe in and then the virus attacks the respiratory system. So it attaches itself to the epithelium of the respiratory tract and it infects our lungs and respiratory cells. So that's why we have the symptoms like a cough. Cough is the number one symptom. The symptoms that it causes are very similar to flu. So it's a cough, fever, difficulty breathing, muscle pain and tiredness. So they're like the main um, symptoms that we associate with it. So, yeah, that's basically COVID-19 wrapped up in a couple of sentences. Any well, questions? I think there's a couple of other symptoms going around, isn't there? Because I've seen yes. people like online say that they can't taste things, or they can't smell things. Because mm-hmm. One of my colleagues at work, he was very, very ill the last couple of days with very flu-like symptoms, quite lethargic, couldn't get up, couldn't do anything, couldn't smell, couldn't taste. Like he wasn't like on death's door. But I'm pretty sure he had like a mild case of the corona. So at the moment, currently there are 347,831 infected cases globally. Oh. 95% of which have mild symptoms. So they have symptoms like you just mentioned there. It's a range of things that they're very mild. You wouldn't, you know, some people don't even get symptoms at all. Some people are asymptomatic. Um, So it's not something that you notice. It's only the 5% in which the symptoms that I listed are really severe and it causes sort of life-threatening. So it's mad to think we have all these cases of this coronavirus around the world. And I think I was saying it to John the other day, like we're kind of living through history at the minute with this. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like this is stuff that's going to be in the history books. People when they're doing their like leaving certain exams or their A-level exams, we'll do history and be just like, so what happened in 2020? Shit hit the fan. Yeah, it 100% will. It's weird because I kind of have, I'm stepped back from it in a way that it's like we're part of history and these are all stats that we see. But like people are actually dying of this. Like this is the scary thing. 
But it's even stats like I read today that um, over 3 million Americans applied for unemployment benefit this week. The record was in the early 1980s. Previously, the record was in the early 1980s, about roughly 680,000 people applied in one week. Oh, crap. That's a yeah, huge jump. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like the amount of people who are on unemployment benefit over in America at the moment because of this is like it's far worse than any recession in 2008 so it's not just it's not, it's not just like impacting our health it's impacting our finances it's impacting our economy i mean we're talking about this now but in the future how will this impact our world and the world won't be the same after this no the world will be completely changed and like you said people are like dying from this this isn't just like everyone's having a really bad flu as a lot of people like to put it people are dying from this like you hear all these stories in the news you hear stories from your friends like the other day a friend of mine um texted our group chat back home was like does anybody know anyone who works in this particular hospital in ireland and i was like oh well i live close by maybe i know someone we're like why she was like well my my friend her dad just got rushed to hospital last night with a really with a case of corona and he has an underlying health issue so he had to be rushed in and no one's been able to contact him the hospital like or they're like they don't know how to get in and talk oh to him so God. like we're like can we contact someone because like he could literally be dead like that day luckily they found someone to get in the brother was able to go in and get there but yeah like like stuff like this is happening all over the world it's absolutely yeah. crazy well it's just um, unprecedented i mean the rate at which the infection spread is spreads is insane and because we don't know anything about it because this is the first time humans have been infected we don't know how to treat it we don't know how to handle it we don't know how to contain it so it's scary and it's happening at such a fast rate if you you put it like this way you said yourself that we're part of history right when you look back through history and you see how humanity has been wiped out by so many different diseases, the Black Plague, you hear of all of these things. If this had been a couple of years ago, or not a couple of years ago, a couple hundred years ago, where we don't have advanced medicine like we do today, we'd all be gone. That's just it. T, yeah, totally right. Yeah, you almost forget like the wonders of modern medicine. We almost take it for granted. Absolutely. And that the second something comes along and we don't know how to treat it or we don't know how to stop it straight away or there isn't a vaccine, um, I feel like brings out a lot of our primal fears a lot of primal urges brings out a lot of primal fears and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the pod where we speak about sort of the psychology of this and how people are reacting to this you see in panic buying that's a that's a you know a very primal reaction but yeah it's scary it's scary time and you're right it's not even if it's not affecting us physically it will affect us economically i know my job has been affected by it i work in clinical research so a lot of the clinical research trials we do have been halted ben unfortunately lost his job now he's been working in the hospitality industry so oh that's God. well yeah yeah scary i'm sorry about... his restaurant is closed um but what happens down the line when his restaurant doesn't reopen and, and and we have to reconsider things and in the grand scheme of things you're absolutely fine but like obviously in my life this is a, this is going to affect us a lot so mm. it's scary it's very scary um and that's why we're talking about how to deal with all this fucking anxiety that surrounds this virus today very very true but before we get on to anything about the anxiety i think what would be best to do is kind of dispel some of the myths and some of the rumors going around. Because I don't know about you, but if I get another WhatsApp message or another text from a from an auntie who knows this out the other or something about, well, I heard that if you wash your hands with a particular brand of soap at 3.40 in the morning, you're not going to get it. Or if you spray walnut paste into your toes or some bullshit. I mean, it's actually ridiculous the amount of people that suddenly have degrees from the University of WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're qualified fucking doctors dishing out the advice. Well, luckily, I went for a little bit of research. And this comes from the NHS website itself. And it says 10 tips to help if you're worried about coronavirus. And tip number one is stick to the facts. 
you have to find a trusted source such as gov.uk or the NHS website itself. Please don't fact check information from news, social media or other people against trustworthy sources. So you can make sure not to share information that could cause worry or lead people to do things that are unhelpful. And then the next one here is what has really affected me. You might also want to consider limiting the time you spend watching, reading or listening to coverage of the outbreak, including on social media. And think about turning off breaking news alerts on your phone. Yeah. If I get one more breaking news alert from the Sun or from the Telegraph or from the Guardian, I've had to turn them off. The Sun two days ago, is 14 days isolation enough? Should it be extended to 21 experts fear? It's like if you are sending it out to how many millions of people, that's just they stirring up fear they more and more and more. As the NHS website said, please stick to the facts. These WhatsApp messages going around, you know, the message you're reading from Mary, whose son whose son's girlfriends, you know, dog minders, um, auntie works as a doctor in a fucking hospital in fucking Greenwich. <laughs> Don't know shit. That's fucking the best advice you can ever give. I'm just like, I never knew that my family knew so many fucking guards. Like, I'm like, I thought we avoided the guards. <laughs> now we know all the fucking guards in Dublin and they have all the fucking advice. They know exactly what's going on. Like, I'm sorry. It's fucking bullshit. Nah, this is all the, these are all the messages I'm getting as well. It's just so funny. And everyone's just like, oh my God, yeah, that's crazy. Wild. Why? It's like, well, why are you panicking yourselves for no reason? If I get one more fucking message, John, did you hear about the army going up and down the country? Oh my God. Martial law is coming tomorrow at eight o'clock, I heard. No, it's fucking not. I'm sorry, like two fucking army trucks driving up the fucking road going through Cashel does not a fucking <laughs> martial law make. I must admit, I am guilty of saying the odd bits about the army now because the family's at home and we live on the border and we're, we still remember the times when the army did patrol the borders when I was growing up. So when I be, when people are talking about that, I'm just like, man, is it true? What's going on? Do we have to talk? We have to hide What is the tea? Okay, I have to mention this and I'm not going to mention it in um, full capacity because we're a semi-PG podcast. But um, we all have received that one message or video or photo or warning about um, coronavirus that includes a very naked man with a um, <laughs> <laughs> with a very um, unforgettable appendage. That's all I will say. And for me, that's fucking been so fucking funny. If I want to receive any messages or like tea on what's going on, I just want to receive that joke one because it's literally been the funniest thing that Corona has ever seen. I'm sorry, if your <clears throat> appendage is that big, is it a gift or is it a curse? I that mean, yeah, we could do a whole episode on that kind of stuff. I mean, it depends. Like, on a Monday morning, it's a curse, but, like, on a Saturday night after three glasses of wine, I'm like, ooh, baby, let me see your gift. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Let's discuss this on our Patreon slash OnlyFans. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but just on that like thing that's going around if you don't know what we're talking about there's that picture of the of this well-adored man going around on whatsapp <laughs> in these secret like things that oh my god click this this is crazy but it just goes to show the amount of people who forward things on without opening them to read because my mother did it my mom got a message and it was like rt news was the picture and then the link was that and it was like dublin airport to close for three weeks now my auntie her sister works for dublin airport but she put it in the group chat like with my nanny and all my uncles and aunties and little cousins and stuff in the group chat and she's like lads this is serious and only for i knew what it was straight away by looking at it from you nikki i literally <laughs> texted her and i was like ma'am delete this and she was like what why why there was panic stations i called her on the phone and she's like connor i can't talk now i sent it to like 50 people oh my god <laughs> 
You have never heard laughter and joy until you discovered Connor finding out his mother forwarded that message. He was screaming, tears coming out of his eyes for ages. It was so funny. It's Good. so funny. There was a video going around as well of like this guy showing his um email that he got from like the CEO of the company and it yeah. was like guys, all of them underground is closed from tomorrow. And then it was like a link to BBC News. But it wasn't you clicking, it was BBC News. It was this naked man with his huge genitalia. And it's just like, he sent this to every single person in the company. <laughs> oh my God, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but can we just say ultimate drag name, Jenny Talia? Oh my God, Jenny Talia. Oh my God. Jenny yes, Jenny Talia is like Stolen. I'm going to copyright that. The Instagram is image. I was going to be called Jenny if I wasn't such a beautiful boy. Were you? Yeah, Jenny or Rachel. Gross. I know Rachel in 1991. Actually, no friends like much in 1994. I'll shut up. My parents were original. <laughs> so you were either going to be Jennifer Anderson or Rachel Green? Basically. Oh my God, I knew oh I God, loved or her. Or both, yeah. I know. She looks so good for her 50s. She's so fucking good. Oh my God, she's so stunning. So, like I previously said, a lot of like our news, our WhatsApps, messages from family, messages from friends, you cannot turn on the TV without constantly hearing about coronavirus. You can't see pictures. You see all you, you go online, all you see is pictures, empty shelves. All you hear about is this is going to be your lives for the next couple of weeks. I don't know about you, but there is a certain feeling in my stomach that has been there for a couple of days and it's growing. How are you feeling at the moment? How are you feeling now? Because as someone has mentioned, this is only the beginning, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's yeah. only going to get worse. So do we are we calling it anxiety? Is that how we're phrasing it? Is that yeah. how we're feeling? I see that. Yeah, I definitely think anxiety is, is what I would describe how I'm feeling. I, it, I didn't think it would have got to me as much as it has, but a couple of things have happened and it's like, fuck, this is real. It was all sort of fun and games, the isolation thing, because actually like me and my housemates have been getting on really well and like we've been having a laugh and, you know, it's you're home for a week. But then after a few days, it's like, shit, our housemate fell sick on sunday and has like all of the signs of corona and has been like self-isolating in his bedroom for the past five days that's been fucking weird because we're all like shit our house is covered in the virus now we're trying to clean as much as we can he's obviously stuck in his bedroom he could have nothing or he could have it we don't know obviously they're not testing in the uk either which is like really fucking annoying but that's scary ben's mum has it and she has it really bad she's on day nine now and shit yeah we were speaking to her on the phone and she she can't even breathe she can't get her words out uh, she's been trying to call 111 for the past six days in a row and only got through on day seven. And they were like, had a list of symptoms and she ticked a couple of them. And they were like, okay, it's not that serious. You can stay at home. Ben's woman is 60. She's fit. She's healthy. But to me, it sounds like it's pretty extreme. But obviously she's not priority right now, which is so fair enough. And like, this is what they have to do in time of crisis. But those, both those situations is like, shit, this is fucking real like we spoke about like reading the news and stuff i'm have this like feeling of just like utter sadness and anger at the same time so like the fact that people are dropping like flies around us the fact that the nhs workers are out there risking their lives risking their health working so fucking hard makes me so sad like i cannot tell you how sad that makes me and the fact that i'm now quarantined for 40 days and i can't help other people because of our housemate and the fact and it makes me angry as well that boris johnson to me is just, just such a fucking clown and like you hear all these stories from the nhs saying they don't even have enough protective clothing they don't have enough protective gear just not being able to handle any of this it's just like a wave of negativity that like consumes me it absolutely mm. consumes me and i don't know how to manage it because it's something that's completely out of my control. Yeah, it's overtaking every single thought I have. How the fuck do we 
cope with this? What do we do? It's it's so weird. And like, it's as you say, it's this kind of thing that's pervading everywhere and everything. And yeah. we've never lived through anything like this in our generation. And even like the generation before, our parents' generation, they didn't really live through a pandemic no. or a, a major war that, you know, in the in the UK and Ireland, at least. It's, it's really strange. We don't know how to deal with stuff like that. It's like, I know for me, I'm the king of keep calm and carry on. Like if it doesn't, I can, I can just deal with it, move on, forget it's not happening and just do my daily routine. And I've been very lucky in the fact that my work hasn't been affected. In fact, we've actually gained clients since the coronavirus, which is very strange. That is so um, crazy. So like, I'm quite lucky that I'm able to get paid and able to do my job. So I'm able to work from home from half nine till six and like, you know, keep the routine going. But yeah. as you say, every now and then it sort of hits home. Like when you go out for a walk, um, so me and John go for walks at lunchtime if we can. So like we'll go for a walk and you'll see people just in groups of twos and like no one's near each other and all the shops are closed and there's barely any cars in the road it's it's odd like normally I could I could deal with it and get on with it but I think it was the other day when Boris Johnson had his speech on the telly and me and John were sat here watching it live and I literally my heart started going really really fast and that doesn't normally I'm fine as I said several times Mm. but like I really started to panic and I was like I feel like we're living through a horror film or like this is something that you'd watch on the tv like it's like Mm. there's an address to the nation like people are being told to stay indoors it's so strange. I had the exact same feeling, like sitting there, like on the couch watching, you know, the the leader on television telling you what to do to stay safe. I mean, how many like movies have we watched where one of the pivotal clips of the film or one of the climax of the film is like the world leader addressing the nation saying, we will be okay. We need to fight this. We need to do this. We need to do that. And that's only like the beginning before it gets worse. And obviously I realized real life should not mirror media. That's obviously for dramatic effect, but it's so hard not to compare it. And yeah. I, I remember watching that yeah. and feeling this like bubble in my stomach, just like, you know, slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And even like the next day, I guess we'll leave the house for our 15 minutes at one o'clock. And you're really still conscious walking around. There's hardly anybody around. We saw like groups of two every now and again, we were walking down the street today and some woman literally moved like three meters to the side. To, so as we walk past us, she shouldn't actually be near to us at all. It's really, really surreal, really strange. I think my, where my anxiety is starting to grow is it's, it's only March. It's only the beginning. How long is this going to go? That's where my thoughts are right now. Well, how, do, how long do we think it's going to go? Because if you go by other countries, I'm thinking like three months before it's like completely yeah. gone. I'd say two months of like major stuff like this. And, and then you even see like the video going around of them building that hospital in the middle of London to like... I saw that, yeah, in the FL centre. In the FL, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a really freaky time. And we're going to look back at it in like a year or two and be like, do you remember the coronavirus? Like what the actual hell? I was talking to my housemates today and I was like, we all need to get a matching tattoo when we make the other side of this to say that like we lasted the fucking coronavirus in quarantine for like so long. It's funny, the difference between you guys just being up the road for me and how people are reacting to it in Hackney because part of the anger I felt as well was that nobody in my area was following guidance and practicing social distancing. So like I would go out for a walk everybody's out victoria park is fucking packed nobody gives a shit kids were out playing football there's loads of groups of people out like nobody was was respecting guidance and then silent partner brought up a really good point when we were discussing this and we were talking about the episode and what we're going to chat and he was saying part of covid anxiety is the guilt that you carry that yes we're young and fit and healthy and we can go for walks and we can go to the shop and we can do all of these things but what if we pass this on to someone who's weak Mm -hmm. and someone dies as a result of this 
And I have that guilt and that's why I do, I'm social distancing and that's why I, I'm not going to the shop at all anymore and get my food delivered, everything. But everybody else in my area doesn't give a fuck by the looks of it. Like there is traffic on the road this morning. I saw traffic in and around Hackney today. Everywhere's packed. I'm. It blows my mind why people aren't listening. I just don't know what it will take for people to listen. And it's so funny, the difference between like what you're saying and how you're saying everybody seems so compliant. And I was talking to other friends I have who live like outside of london and they were saying like the streets are empty and in ireland as well ireland seems to be doing fucking amazing the response they have is unbelievable this hackney bubble that i live in is just like the most non-compliant humans (laughs) in the entire planet they're just fucking it up for everybody else i don't understand yeah i think people are like taking it taking it in lots of different ways and i think you can like you said like you see people outside your house kind of like not listening and kind of doing everything the way they're doing it but uh, yeah you're right what will it take like we know like the family upstairs like the four of them have basically been locked in there for the last two days like i know we complain about the kids tap dancing on the roof but fuck it the only reason i'm not too mad about it is because the kid is genuinely talented at the piano <laughs> like genuinely talented. Like, oh wow a little, a little chopsticks to break up the work he like literally i'll be sitting there and he'll start going away and i'm pretty sure the girl like you always talk about the trope of like your neighbors wearing bricks on their feet when they're walking around i'm genuinely <laughs> genuinely genuinely believe that the daughter is learning to tap dance because she is just slapping around that floor like constantly <laughs> like slapping she could be a little Irish dancer in her hornpipes you never know <laughs> um but I think this is an interesting topic that we've sort of touched on in that we can see the different responses to the coronavirus from the public mm. so we see the people that I've been witnessing that people are in my mind, I guess, effectively in denial or think they're indestructible and, and, and think what they're doing is completely harmless. But then you also see the flip side of people who are going into this panic buy mode, end of the world, apocalyptic mode, not a fucking scrap of toilet roll left because Susie down the road has 72 fucking rolls. What's going on? But the thing is, like, before all this shit hit the fan, we went shopping, like, what, three weeks ago? Before... <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I totally meant that, by the way. Ha 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 ha. Um, but even we went like three weeks ago, you know, like there, there was only like one or two confirmed cases in Italy and there was no real deaths in Europe or anything like that. Say about three or four weeks ago. But there was still like, there was no ball roll in Asda. Mm-mm. Not a nappy to be found. So even before, you know, shit, ha 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 ha, really hit the fan, <laughs> people were still beginning to panic buy and people were still buying in bulk because I think we touched on it earlier, you know, we've taken modern medicine for granted suddenly we're being faced with something that we don't know how to fight our primal urges are taking over well i need to look after me and my family and that's it and that's it i need to grab everything i can for myself right now and obviously people started following suit you know much more in the following weeks it's a herd mentality yeah exactly but even a month ago it was beginning People were going crazy. Like, me and John went to Asda and we thought we'd be able to get, like, you know, some chicken, some bits and pieces. We were like, maybe people are getting rice and pasta and stuff like that. Not a bit to be had. There wasn't a chicken, a crazy. There was absolutely nothing. It was so, so strange. And then you see all these videos of people in America literally punching each other in, like, aisles in, like, Costco and Walmart trying to get toilet paper. Or, like, you have so many, give me some. And, like, people screaming and pulling the heads of each other. It's wild. Have you seen that photo of people queuing outside a gun shop in LA? Oh, yeah. And they went up and interviewed and they said, oh, why are you buying guns? And they said, well, sir, um, in a couple of months time, he says this gun here could save my life um, and my family's life. Well, obviously, they're thinking like, you know, shit could hit the fan. You know, if I need things, I will take them by any means necessary. And if, if 
a, using a gun is going to is going to protect me and my family. I will use a gun. This, it's basically what he was saying. I mean, I'm obviously like uh, paraphrasing. paraphrasing there, but it was actually genuinely terrifying to sit there so and watch that video. This is why all the TV shows that have like zombie pandemics and shit are in America because they all have guns. They're all crazy. Like every other country yeah. without a gun. Like you, if you ever went to like England or to like Spain or Italy, like in a zombie apocalypse, they're probably all just like, yeah, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. But Americans yeah. are like, no, this is crazy. Guns. Pew, 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 pew. Every single Facebook, every single post I saw on Instagram, every single post I saw on Twitter was empty shelves, empty shelves, empty shelves, empty shelves. Yeah. And there was this one yeah. video I saw going around of this woman taking a video of an empty shelf and then the video was cropped. But if you turn around, there was actually loads of food behind her and the shelves were stacked. It was just yeah. one certain section that was empty. But somebody had cropped the video and had just shown the empty section and had posted that on social media saying, oh my God, all our shelves in our shop are empty. What the fuck are we going to do? It's like people... It's like, why are you making it worse? Why are you trying to cause more of a panic? But there is food and supplies there. Like one of my friends back home, she works yeah. in Little, and she's like, people are coming in and buying loads of stuff and going crazy. It's like, we have the stock. Like the stock comes in yeah. regularly. Like the shelves will be full again tomorrow. Like there is literally no need for you to buy all this food. Like, and you're saying, for an example, the toilet paper, people are going crazy over it. I think there was a really funny TikTok where somebody did the maths of why, like you bought 72 rolls of toilet paper, that's X amount of sheets. If you use three sheets per poo and you poo twice a day and you have five people in your family, you have like 500 extra rolls that you don't need. It's like, it's like <laughs> also, why we're on toilet paper, like we just use toilet paper and that's it. Like, do you know, like we wash our hands with water. Why don't we wash our bums with water? Like bidets, like in, on the continent. So I'm so for bidets and like I really, to be honest, the minute I build a gaff and build a bidet, like toilet roll does not, like clean you it just like wipes it elsewhere. when you think about it like you're literally just wiping away the layer of shit like the initial layer of shit like and then whatever <laughs> is there you're just kind of rubbing it into your skin more until you shower you're coming back to your ex. yeah it's, it's like what we actually think about it, like europeans are right like what the fuck are we doing it's gross. but you don't even wait to have to go to the house Nikki. you can definitely you can buy attachments for your regular toilet now that makes it a bit Oh my god! Like, fucking get me in on that. Honestly, are you sure about that photo of, of the dad who just got the hose through his fucking bathroom window and just shoved up? Oh my god, the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> to be fair, he has a cleaner ass than all of us, so like, no fucking jade. See, no So, do you want to hear why people are panic buying toilet paper? Like, there's lots of really interesting theories and research behind it, and I just thought it was like mad. Don't sound so excited. Fucking hell. So there are some theories from psychologists like Dr. Stephen Taylor, who is the author of the 2019 book, The Psychology of Pandemics. So like he knows his fucking shit about pandemics, Wow, right? he totally caused it. He wrote a book about pandemics. Realized, um, realized it wasn't selling and then coughed to the bitch. <laughs> Ate a bat and I was like, there you go. Yeah, so literally, oh my God, do you reckon this is all a conspiracy for him to sell his book? Definitely. This is a true crime podcast, mate. Shit, okay. <laughs> shit again. <laughs> so... Why toilet paper? Like, why are people stockpiling toilet paper? His theory is that humans have an evolutionary aversion to things that disgust us. And this is heightened when people feel threatened with infection. So the reason they latch on to toilet paper is be is by means of avoiding disgust. So like it's avoiding not having any and having to like wipe your ass with your hand or some <laughs> shit. I think that's a bit out there, but Listen, us humans are bonkers and we're buying all the toilet roll, so it could be the reason. Well, that could be, because isn't there that um, thing that people say that, like, you know, that pooing is, like, a shameful thing? And even dogs do it. Yeah, yeah. Dogs go and hide in the corner and they, like, give you a sad look when they do it because they know it's a shameful act. I think you're right. There's definitely yeah. something in that psychology, right? I can't believe we're talking about poo, but, like, poo is 
excreting waste like it's the waste product of your body it's also like somewhere where you can really sort of catch those diseases and stuff so like this is why people aren't excreting waste and leaving all my haters behind in 2020 yeah also if you're a part <laughs> of the king community there's no king shaming here if that's what you're into that's what you're into the scat queens oh no in the fact the, that no one has time exactly the scat queens must be living <laughs> another theory that's been put forward is the idea of retail therapy so where we sort of buy to manage our emotional state and it's about like taking back control in a world where you feel out of control so panic buying is sort of taking control and making sure that you've got everything you need um because we don't know what's going to happen it's a complete unknown i actually think there is something in this theory because i wasn't panic buying i was refusing to panic buy i was listening to all the government advice I was like, no, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. But then we went shopping, nothing there. We went shopping again a couple of days later, there was nothing there. I started panicking a little bit and I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then Connor managed to buy four bags of pasta in this random corner shop. And it's actually so weird. I actually breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, okay, no matter what, we have pasta, we have food that's not going to go off. We can handle anything that's going to come up in the next week. Which is not how I should be reacting. I know I shouldn't be thinking that. You're welcome. But thank you. But there's definitely something in that. Like, if we buy something, we have, we, you know, we have then put a plan in place if shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it almost felt like, okay, like, we have something in place. If things get really bad and they close the shops, it's okay. We have bought something. We have taken control of the situation to some degree. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm resonating quite a bit with that last little theory you just said there. But you also brought up another theory. This goes nicely into the third and final theory, which is fear contagion. So this one, I think, hits home for most of them. And it's kind of what you mentioned. When people are stressed out, their reasons are hampered. So they look at what other people are doing. So if other people are stockpiling, it leads you to engage in the same behavior. So people see photos of empty shelves. um, And regardless of whether it's rational, it sends a signal that that's the right thing to do. Like you saw people panic buying and you saw empty shelves. You think, shit, I have to do the same thing. This fear contagion works evolutionarily because it's how animals learn fear. If if someone jumps out of the way of a snake, for example, this is the example they gave, you're going to jump out of the way with them because you see they're doing it and you think, okay, so that must be the right thing to do. So I think fear is more contagious than the coronavirus itself, to be honest. Oh, that was deep. Oh, I love that. And again, unfortunately, I was going to bring back, bring back to every time I, t- I picked up my phone, every picture, every text, every post on Facebook, it was empty shelves, empty shelves, empty mm-hmm. shelves. What are we going to do? Oh my God, I'm terrified. I'm worried. And no matter how much you fight it, that fear started coming into me. No, I'm I'm completely with you. Like the, the anxiety is at like an all time high for a lot yeah. of us. I think you, you touched on a good thing there, John, too, also in that the anxiety is coming from the fucking constant bombarding of news and updates on our phone social media the uh, the nhs website recommends that you should turn off breaking news alerts on your phone and you should set yourself a specific time to read updates or limit yourself to a certain amount of checks a day um so we asked our lovely listeners some things on instagram regarding covid19 and i'm gonna find the questions now and i'll read them out okay so the first question we asked was we wanted to know who was in isolation who was social social distancing so 94 percent of our listeners said they were social distancing six percent said they're still out there getting that d mm. girl i want you to name and shame. oh i've got the fucking you know results we got the data data we got the data 
the second question we asked and you know the whole reason why we're doing this podcast are you nervous or anxious about COVID-19 with 88% of people saying yes they are you know what I mean I feel like a lot of people might turn around and say like you know no it's fine I'm dealing with it but no I like the honesty there well done guys for sure and listen we're all in the exact same fucking boat and we're going to share some tips and tricks in a minute to get us through it so hang in there uh this one surprised me have you stockpiled or panic bought supplies 88% of people said no do you think they're being truthful well, it depends on what you quantify as stockpiling. Do you quantify stockpiling as buying six-year-olds of toilet paper or just buying four or five? Like, I know that we bought two or three, and to me, that's like stockpiling. What? Toilet paper. Yeah, we bought two packs of toilet paper and four packs of pasta um, during our shopping trip last um, last week. And I felt really guilty. I was like, oh my God, we're literally stockpiling. We're doing everything that we shouldn't be doing. This is going into all the advice that there is. But then you see certain videos of people who have like three trolleys full. Yeah. Yeah, people are going crazy. To me, that's stockpiling because John and I would normally buy like one pack of toilet yeah. roll and maybe one bag of pasta. So buying that additional, that would be stockpiling. Other people probably see it differently. But would you classify that as panic buying? Mm. Yeah, because we bought it in case something went wrong. Yeah, we, we bought it. Like we would buy our shops, we go on week. So yeah, we, we did always... extra shopping just to be sure. so yeah. The question was stockpile or panic bought and 88% said no. So I think maybe people saw stockpile and said no, but I think everybody definitely panic bought. I did. I know I did. I definitely haven't stockpiled anything, yeah. but I have bought things in the fear of running out of food 100 yeah sorry sorry okay. next question are you enjoying being in isolation so 86 percent of people said no and 14 percent that very small percentage said yes well i'm seeing like a lovely quote going around obviously it's like the first probably proper week this week but some people are saying like it could be nice to take a step back from the world of capitalism and capitalism. capitalism and you know and the world of money and take a step back for yourself and focusing on your mind on your hobbies and things that you enjoy so i think maybe for the first week that's where people's mindset could possibly be but if that it will continue well yeah I, I think it's quite cool because for me i don't mind being inside i'm a kind of an indoor person anyway yeah. so this isn't bothering me i think it'll start to set in maybe next week i know it's not probably what you talked about there but people might enjoy being inside but i think planet earth is enjoying us being inside because <laughs> there's suddenly no more smog above all the cities like the canals in venice are like clean <laughs> like there's fish and dolphins in it like the world it just goes to show the world can heal itself like the world will be fine it's oh, us that are kind of the problem oh my god have you seen it the posts going around of like the clear the clear water of the river liffey and all the dolphins and stuff like <laughs> oh my god the natural wildlife returning to dublin after all this time oh my god i love those fucking pictures uh yeah i agree with everything that you're saying what i've taken from it because i've kind of been struggling with it for a bit but i read something recently and it was so true the biggest thing that I crave in my normal life is time. I never have enough time to do anything. And now that we're in isolation, I have so much time. And it's like, take this opportunity of time and use it wisely. Like, this is what you crave in your everyday life. And now that you have it, like, embrace it. Let it in. Don't fear it. And don't be scared that, like, you're trapped. You're not trapped. You just have loads and loads of time now. So I think it's good to think about it that way. Is social distancing um, and isolation affecting your mental health? So 38% of people said yes, uh, 62% said no. Um, These were also sent out last week. So isolation may have been very early on because I reckon, you know, mm. nearly a week later since the answer to these questions. And th- that question could have skewed more to the yes, I would say, by now. I mean, I was still going to work every day last week, so I wasn't social isolation at all. I have. I've been in for the last two weeks and I'm I'm okay. And I think that's because I have, like, I live with John, so like he comes home every day and that's fine. 
um, and I can talk to my family on Skype and this and that. But I think it'll be the next week or so is going to be very telling for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the, the sort of more widespread the virus comes, the higher we see the death toll. All of those things sort of really play in our minds. And the possibility of it creeping into our circle, the possibility of it, of, you know, mm. we hear of all of these people, but it, it is going to hit someone we know in our family at some stage and like that's definitely going to affect our mental health yeah the next question was who are you isolating with thankfully 100% of people said family or housemates so thankfully none of our listeners are at home alone that must be so fucking tough it must be and there's a lot of people who like live in different countries and stuff like that I know a friend of mine is out in Dubai and she's stuck out there there was about five of them out there there's only two now so like it's scary like she's she's okay out there she's fine like she's She's a trooper, but um, not everybody has that chance to go home to family at times like this. So sorry, I was thinking like when all this is over, like all the self isolation, how many people are going to need, you know, mental health nurses and to go to therapy and like is the NHS is our system ready for all the people that need that help? You know, people who who already have underlying mental health issues, it's just they're just going to be exasperated. And I'm sure there's going to be a whole new plethora of people who will, you know, unfortunately get new mental health issues um, or their mental health will begin to deteriorate more than ever before because of all this. Mm. So even when this pandemic is over, you know, we're, we're still going to be feeling the results and the effects of it the for years to come. will be real. 100%. That's such a good point. I mean, right now, obviously, the focus is to contain the physicality of the virus, but what happens to humans when they isolate for months on end? Well, this is the question. The government is doing really well at the minute, like, you know, combating the virus and telling people to stay at home and stuff. And they're putting money into hospitals and building places and getting people out of retirement to come back and do the physical help. But will they maintain that for people's mental health after the problem? Because you see it with veterans when they come home from the war. It's all great when they're out there and they're, home and they're just kind of left to rot and don't care about their mental health in the aftermath because it's a real thing. So I, I think... Depending on the NHS is going to be a difficult one because we accept that they have limits. What I have seen, though, and what I think we need to embrace is the power of just like humanity on the Internet. Like the amount of people we have seen like come together, interact with strangers they don't even know and help people out as much as they can and host streaming parties and Netflix parties and all of these like inclusive things. You see, there's, there's a thing on Instagram called Club Quarantine. They have like queer club nights every night at nine, which, by the way, lads, we have to fucking do it. It's so gas. It's connecting everybody to giving a lifeline to people who otherwise don't have one being social is so important for your mental health and we have to sort of take that on ourselves and take the reins to make it happen ourselves we can't always depend on the services right now no totally true but that kind of leads us on really well to our next point like how are we managing our anxiety and how can we kind of give all our people tips on maybe how it might work for them because obviously everyone works differently and everyone's going to manage their anxiety in different ways and for a lot of people or maybe some people they're not used to dealing with anxiety or dealing with mental health problems you know um so let's I think it'd be a good way for us maybe to talk about how we're dealing with it do you want to start us so yes so I found this advice that comes from the NHS website itself so obviously we're only using reputable sources on this podcast absolutely um, they're saying things like connect with people, so maintaining her healthy relationships with people that you trust is very important to our mental well-being. Um, don't be afraid to talk. It's normal to feel worried or scared or helpless. Um, please don't be afraid to talk to a trusted person. Or there's also um, lines, um, sorry, uh, telephone numbers you can call on NHS. They also have something online that you can like message people. Um, 
you can support and help others. You can, I like this one, uh, make a plan. So like make a daily plan. Don't get this habit of waking up at 12 o'clock, um, mm-hmm. you know, in your dressing gown, washing telly till five and then getting changed. Make a plan, get up at the same time every morning. Try and make a plan, try and have breakfast at the same time, the same, try, try and have lunch at the same time, try and have dinner at the same time. So are you going to like do your little routine in the morning? So get up and do your little Joe Wicks. Yes. So I have a little time to, I've got up, I've done me Joe Wicks. I've had a cup of coffee, I have a bit of breakfast, I've showered, I have got changed, I've done schoolwork, I've had lunch at the same time, I've done more schoolwork, I haven't stuck to it rigidly, um, but I've been doing something, and it's, it, it, it's helping, obviously it's only like week one, but it does feel nice to actually get up and, and do something. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think another really important thing is to, like, as you said, reach out to people, because I know as a generation we kind of feel awkward like talking to people that we haven't seen in a while, or any of that kind of vibe, and I think now's the time to reach out because everyone's in the same boat everyone's feeling the same way so like don't be afraid like that friend that you haven't that you were really close to the college that you haven't seen in a year or two send them a text like hey bitch how are you what's the tea talk to your extended family if you don't call your granny all the time call them once a week like you know what i mean like there's no harm in reaching out and just for the crack in the chat even if it's only five minutes it'll really really help your own mental health because getting trapped in the house and not talking to people it's freaking lonely. Yeah, and it's a goofy time as well. Like, everyone's just sort of taking the piss and enjoying it. So, yeah, don't feel embarrassed to reach out. The best bit of advice that I got on the back of all of this is you have to accept that it's not in your control. You can't try and control this situation because mm. this is what I try and do. And when I don't have control of a situation, I get anxious about it. So, it's my nan's birthday. I have to accept that. Obviously, I can't see her anyways. I'm in the UK. But I have to accept that she's not going to get any visitors today because she can't. She's 87 years old. We're all social distancing. Um. So, my parents... Um, surprised her by hopping the gate, getting into her back garden, knocking on the window of her back garden. And she came to them and she's like, oh my God. And they like live streamed from a distance. Her, they sang happy birthday to her. I sang happy birthday to her. They had gloves. And they left a cake down for her before she came out, had candles in it. She blew out her little candles. Stuff like that, which just warms your heart so much. And you, it doesn't have to be negative that we're all in quarantine. You know, you have to accept it and move on and make the best of the situation. Like that's definitely one of the things you have to do we have to keep a positive attitude i i love what you said john and sticking to your routine literally get up in the morning and plan your day as you would any other normal day have timelines so you're right 9 a.m do this lunch at 12 go for a walk at this time it literally keeps you safe and you know there's lots of really really good tips as well available on uh, mind.org.uk so mind is a mental health charity um and they really have tons of information on there on how to sort of help ease your brain during this fucking crazy time so we'll link all of this as well on their socials there's two more things they recommend um tr- please try and keep a good mm, sleep mm-mm. pattern I went to eat the other day and it was just like, so we can all agree that 3am is a new 12am, right? If your goal is to be asleep before 12 o'clock every night, please try and sleep before 12 o'clock every night. If your goal is to be up out of bed before 10 o'clock every day, please try and get up um, out of bed before 10 o'clock every day. Yeah. Try and keep some semblance of a sleeping pattern. And here's one that's a bit um, more millennial and a bit more Gen Y. Please try to reduce your screen time. They're saying things like limit your screen time, give yourselves timers. Um, but they said the biggest thing you can do is try not to charge your phone in your bedroom because it's one of the last or, or your bedside locker because what they're saying is before you go to bed you could easily sit in your phone for an hour and a half before you go to sleep and I do and the second you wake up you sit in your phone for hours so like before the day's even begun you've already done an hour on your phone so they're trying to say like reduce your screen time which obviously because I know for a fact I've already got into a habit I'm doing work but I'll pick up my phone 
at the, on my laptop, I pick up my phone. I've never had the luxury of being able to go on my phone when I want to, when I'm working. Yeah, after only three days, I'm already like, what's on my phone? Like nothing has happened in the past seven minutes since I last put my phone down, but I'm checking it. It's already unhealthy habit. And then there's one more um, that's going to lead into our last little segment. It's all about doing things that you enjoy, whether they are old things or new things, as it is important to remain in the present. Mm-hmm. So there's always this big thing about taking this time as an opportunity to learn a new skill, you know, to better yourself. Are we taking this advice, guys? Um, I'm starting to take up a language. So I'm starting to learn German and I'm starting to learn he- I'm starting to learn Hebrew. Now, call me a peaceful goddess because I know they are two very conflicting languages. <laughs> but I'm here for it. I want to learn German and I want to learn Hebrew. So I'm starting that. I also bought like a shit ton of like painting supplies. I'm terrible at painting. Like, honestly, I could not paint a fucking grain of grass. But I'm like, I can get into this. I've got a lovely bit of back garden. I'm going to sit out there in the weekend and I'm going to just paint. Well, I'm sure you're like an inspiration from somewhere. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to be lovely. I love that you're going to learn German. That's a random language. I did German for my leaving cert, so if you ever need to bounce languages off me, I'll see if I can conjure something up. I know for me, I haven't really been doing any hobbies or anything like that. To be fair, I'm still trying to learn the tarot. Like, I'm getting there slowly but surely. We need to do a tarot fucking reading podcast. I've been saying this since <laughs> I met you. I cannot wait. Once I like, once I learn them all off by heart, I'll do it because I know, I know half the cards and what they mean and the inferences and how they work together. So no, he's asking me. I'm, I've tested him once and he did quite good in that yeah, test. Yeah, I'll give you a strong sixty-five percent. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm still trying to do that, but I've really got an awful, awful, awful bad addiction lately. I'm addicted to The Sims. Growing up, The Sims was my josh. Like I had The Sims, all The Sims one games, all The Sims two games. I dropped off around Sims three, but The Sims four, I got it like. Two years ago, two years ago, they gave it away for free for like three days and I got it then. So I've been kind of like in and out of it. But like, I love watching like Sims YouTubers. I follow like um, Juno Birch, Stunning Drag Queen, Watcher and Plumbella and loads of other ones were really, really cool. And they got me really into the concept of the Sim. So I play it. Now I'm a very, I'm not imaginative at all. So my Sims aren't crazy. What I like is rules and guidelines. So I'm doing like a legacy challenge where you need to like take one Sim and like get 10 generations of their family and make them all do something different and go to different places. And I'm like, it's actually really fun. And I haven't gone to bed till like two o'clock nearly every morning. Like I'm addicted. So you brought The Sims back into my life. I used to love The Sims as well. And then you were like, guys, I'm on my Sims 4-ish. It's gone for tenor. I was like, say no fucking more, I'm sold. I downloaded it. And I'm like you, I'm very much like, I need to control my Sims lives in like a very particular way. Like I cannot be crazy reckless but i do mother love the fuck out of it like i do cheat i do get all of the money in like my gaff is stunning i've got a hot tub i've got a swimming pool i expect a full house tour of your sims house on the instagram for everyone to see to show us what we've been doing i'm obsessed like i started off with like one sim and he was a, a gar- he was a flower arranger and he married a, he, he was going out with a girl who was actually married and had a stepchild and he was like why am i your side chick make me your main chick so they got married had three kids and then the eldest kid was engaged and he went to work and came home and his girlfriend got electrocuted and died. <gasps> I know, I was absolutely raging. I was like planning on her being like a big fucking part of the household. Bitch, she's dead. Big brother, eat your motherfucking heart out. <clears throat> Speaking of big brother, my favorite thing ever, I saw, I saw a tweet today and it was just like, sorry, but like two weeks in self-quarantine and I suddenly understand why Nikki Graham acted the way she did on, <laughs> on Big Brother. I thought you were going to say anything about Vanessa Fells. Oh, yeah. So, oh, God. She stop. went mental with the boards. Oh, my God. I can't. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that people in the German Big Brother house didn't fucking know about coronavirus and they told them live on air. No, but to be fair, they're probably better off stuck in the house. 
Absolutely. So I've only been um, isolating this week. I've thought of what I want to do. I thought, oh, I learn a language. I won't do that. I'll try and get like, you know, try and get like a rocking body. I am doing 30 days squat challenge and I am doing the 30 day ab challenge. That's only like 20 minutes of exercise a day. I need to do something more. So I've set a challenge and it's a bit of a cooking challenge. Mm. I want to be able to cook. Not crazy. I want to be able to cook brunch food well. I don't know, girl, but like, but like I was thinking, I, it came for you this morning. I was really, really excited. So if anyone has any eggs, because literally I have a list. I'm like, I'm going to cook the perfect fried egg. Then I'm going to learn how to cook the perfect scrambled egg. And then I found this website saying 55 brunch dishes that you will die for. And I'm going to pick two of them. I don't know which ones yet. I have a few ideas. But babes, when all this is over, I'm cooking us all a brunch. You all bring some veggies and we're going to have a homemade um uh boozy brunch in this fucking gap. Uh, that's my that that's my goal. Uh me and the housemates as well to get through the weekends we're like planning like themed weekends. So like this weekend we're going to have if the weather is good hopefully we're going to go to like an Ibiza outdoor garden party. And then we're also going to do a karaoke night and it's one of our housemates birthdays as well and we're going to like plan a little like sesh. So it's all about just like having like themed weekends. Love that, like, love that, love working that. with what you got girl. Okay, guys, so I think that's going to bring this episode to a close. I'm wary that because we're all in isolation, we can literally sit and talk here for about another five hours. There's nothing else to be at. It's um, so good to see another person's face and to hear another person's voice. Yeah, the, like, we're so good. We're so technically minded. We've managed to find software that allow us to record the podcast remotely, but we're using our phones to FaceTime, but muted so we can still see each other. Seeing another person's face, listening to another person's voice has made me realise I fucking hate you. I hate you too, but oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, we're going to wrap this episode now. Um, Yeah, we we wanted to do an episode about coronavirus because there's no point as like, you know, a generation wide podcast not talking about something that's affecting our generation. So we wanted to give you guys an episode that's a bit of crack. It's a bit of looking at what's going on. Some facts, some, you know funny stories you know what, what you come to expect from the generation way though guys um so thank you so much for listening um if you need to talk to someone or you need to reach out we're going to put all the different uh, links to the nhs website and the government websites out on our socials so please do keep an eye out we're also going to be doing an interesting episode soon so keep an eye on our socials for that we'd love your opinions um and yeah we, we wanted to make sure that we were talking about the coronavirus or like capitalizing on the coronavirus so uh hopefully you're all with us on that one and if anybody really needs to talk, we are here. I mean, honestly, I would rather have Prince Charles spit in my mouth right now than think about anybody being right. think about anybody being alone or thinking they can't reach out to anybody. You know, maybe even if we are just complete strangers, sometimes, you know, a fresh pair of ears is the best kind of ears to speak to. But even then, like I know the people who listen to this podcast, I get people who reach out that listen to this podcast that I haven't talked to in years and stuff like that. Like if anyone out there is listening and feel like they want to connect with the three of us, like just do, just send us a message, a bit of an Instagram post. Like we'd love to hear from you. I'm also bored as fuck. So I'll be grateful. Unless it's Jenny. Fuck you, Jenny. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. Hit us the fuck up. I'm not doing anything. So I'm here all day, every day. Uh, if you want a personal uh, podcast, add me on OnlyFans. Thank you so much. My other half just lost his job. A bitch got to eat. Um, and thank you for this episode. Stay tuned for a very special upcoming yeah. Corona Bites episode. It will be very good. For those of you who don't know, we talk about it all the time, but you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at generation underscore wido and Facebook at generation wido. That's all we get this time. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, you can also do that. All right. Bye. Mwah. Bye. Mwah.